Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 92, where in a moment, we look at financial help for miscarriage, stillbirth and neonatal death. That's today's show topic. It's on the way, as I say, in just a moment. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes today, we featured loads of stuff. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we looked at financial planning for women. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and with me as always, the star of the show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Well, yet again, just a, a few shows shy of 100, you've managed to find something we've never discussed and which is hugely important to millions of people. So well done for that. I'm going to compare this one, though, a little bit to the podcast we did on divorce. And I'll tell you why, for two reasons. The first is because this is something which could completely blindside you and literally take you from being where you were, perhaps you know ridiculously, unwittingly happy, to at the bottom of your lowest ebb emotionally, literally within hours of each other. And also at that time, which has you expending a huge amount emotionally, Technically, you need to find within your reserves of mental fortitude somewhere the ability to be switched on enough to tackle the bits which demand you mentally to be at your absolute best. It's one of those huge sort of life changes which require your body to be at odds with itself almost in order to navigate your way through successfully, mentally at the top of your game when you're emotionally bereft. This is episode 92, Financial Help for Miscarriage, Stillbirth and Neonatal Death. And I think in this episode, we'll also include some contact details, which can help you with all the aspects you may encounter in these situations. Okay, Phil, might be worth explaining. For for those who've never encountered any of these situations, what exactly they are, one by one. So shall we start with some, some broad explanations of miscarriage, stillbirth, and neonatal death, please? Yeah, well, the, the way that they kind of define it, a, a late miscarriage is if your baby was born dead between... 14 and 24 completed weeks of pregnancy. A stillbirth as if the baby was born dead after 24 completed weeks of pregnancy. And a neonatal death, they, they class that if the baby dies in the, the first 28 days of life. So that, that's how they kind of define each of those sort of things. But, but what I would say, I mean, if if, if you've encountered any of those things, that there's going to be a lot of shock and sadness that, that you're going to go through. But there could also be like experiencing unexpected financial strain as well. And and although maybe claiming financial benefits is likely to be one of the last things on your mind, hopefully that this show will be able just to help anybody that might be in that kind of position. So but quite a sad subject to, to cover, but quite an important one. Yeah, I think it probably falls into that category of being one of those that the people are uncomfortable chatting about, maybe, but which also tend to be the most important in terms of help, and the same way we talk about any subject surrounding death. So let's start with with miscarriage first. This is one which my missus and I can talk about with lived experience. And for the purposes of this show, I, I can say that finances 
were probably the very last thing on our minds at the time. And even now, I, I can't imagine what the financial aspects of that situation might be. So, so what are we talking about potentially, Phil? Yeah, the, the sort of things that we'll, we'll cover today is things like maternity and paternity pay. We, we can also look at various entitlements for, for mothers and also for, for fathers and female partners as well. That, that's another important thing to, to kind of note. But we can look at things like sick pay benefits, compassionate leave. So that, that would be the sort of thing that we'd be able to, to cover today. Okay, so in this instance, and we're starting with miscarriage here, so what kind of maternity and paternity pay are you entitled to in that instance, Phil? Yeah, sadly, with, with miscarriage, you, you're not entitled to maternity or paternity rights or, or benefits if you've had a late miscarriage, but you, you do still have some entitlements that might help you take time off and, and to recover. That That's one of the situations where you maybe don't have so much kind of benefits and, and rights there. Okay, I, I'm going to assume this is sort of different for, for each aspect that we're discussing. There's probably a, a really obvious pattern of payment or entitlement laid down and, and how that might increase as we go. So what about after a, a stillbirth? Are there any uh, maternity benefits yeah, or entitlement just, there? Yeah, go, going back just to for a second to the, the late miscarriages, I, I was going to say a couple of things there. And one of the things is you, you should be entitled to take sick leave for, for pregnancy-related illness, it's also good practice for the employers to kind of record that kind of leave separately from other sick leave. And again, you, you would also be entitled to the same benefits as any other employee that's that's off work sick. So you would get statutory sick pay paid for, for up to 28 weeks there. Again, it's also worth checking your, your sickness benefits from your employer. Fathers and female partners, they, they might be entitled to sick leave as well. Statutory sick pay, again, is, is paid for up to 28 weeks for, for them. And fathers and female partners, they might be entitled to sort of time off for dependents, it's called, or, or compassionate leave is what most people would, would class that as. And again, it depends on the, the contract of employment that you've got. And what I would urge people to do in that situation is speak to their employers and, and just see what they say, but going on to, to stillbirths, sadly, that's something that, that I've heard quite a, a bit of in, in the past. And again, there, you're entitled to 52 weeks leave there. You'll also get maternity pay while you're off work for a, a maximum of 39 weeks, providing you've been working and earning long enough in the form of statutory maternity pay. And again, your employer might have their own scheme in, in that situation as well. I, I guess as well, Phil, it's it's a case of, and maybe this is um, with some of the smaller companies where there is more of that sort of family feeling where, where you might get an employer that doesn't have a policy in place that just says, you know what, let's let's decide that you're going to go and do this and, and yeah. come back and talk to me and we'll work out as we go almost. Yeah. So it's, it's worth speaking to, to your employer on a, on a sort of case-by-case case basis, I suppose, Definitely. as well. I know yeah. if, like in, in our office here, if, if anybody had any of these things that we're discussing today, like for me, I, I'm a big family man and, and you would want to try and support them as much as you could financially. Hmm. I know some businesses, they maybe don't have the, the finances to, to do that, but... For, for a lot of people, they will have something in their contract that kind of states various like bereavement leaves and the, the sick pay and, and things like that. So it's definitely worth checking. But okay. I know you, you would hope the employers, if they could afford yeah. it, would, would do the right thing in the circumstances. 
When we're talking in this instance, stillbirth, what about the fathers and female partners in that instance? Yeah, if, if you're employed, you might be able to be entitled to paternity pay. I'm not sure what they call it for female partners. I, I guess, it, I don't know if it, would that would be classed as maternity, I, I don't know. But So in, in that situation, you, you might be entitled to, to paternity pay. It's important with, with any benefits that you claim them quite quickly. I think in most cases, you usually get 28 days to, to claim the, the benefits. But like with late miscarriages, you can also get the compassionate leave from work as well. So that, that's another important point for, for anyone in that situation after a stillbirth. Now, the, the difference here, babies who are stillborn, they must be formally buried or cremated. Is there any financial support available for that, Phil? Yeah, I mean, you, you'll find some hospitals, they, they'll often offer to arrange a funeral in that circumstances. And, and in some cases, they, they would cover the, the costs for that. But some people prefer to make their, their own arrangements. It also differs depending on what part of the UK that, that you're based in. So in England, there's what's called the, the Children's Funeral Fund, and that can help pay for a funeral to get more information on that, if you go to gov.uk slash child-funeral-costs, you can get more information there. If you're on a low income and need extra help for paying for a funeral, you might be able to get what's called funeral expenses payment if you live in England, Wales or Northern Ireland. In Scotland, like to be different up here, and here we call it funeral support payment. Again, to, to look at that, it's mygov.scot slash funeral dash support dash payment. And then again, in, in Wales, they also have something there where if you register the loss of a, a child under the age of 18, you can receive a £500 as a contribution towards funeral costs as well. And usually you don't have to claim that payment. It's usually offered by the registrar when you're registering the, the death there. So there, there are a few different ways that you can get help with, with funeral costs in that situation. I'll, I'll come back to emotional support in, in just a second, Phil, because I, I am mindful of the fact that people are going to be very emotional in this instance. And when you're talking about looking for the sort of financial aid or the, the you know, the, the support that's in place in terms of monetary value, it might just be that you're you're not in a place to do that. Is there, you know, normally we talk about financial, a good financial advisor will be able to help you. Is there yeah. is there any sort of, you know, financial advice system whereby you can say, right, I need to access that so that they can go and do this for me? A lot of the times, a lot of the support is there and, and there automatically, which is good. So the, the hospitals are are usually good. They, they've experienced these sort of things. So they they've got, experience and knowledge to kind of point people in the right direction. And as I say, some of the benefits are, are paid out automatically. Yeah. So it's good. You don't have to go through the heartbreak. I haven't actually claimed them as well. I mean, some things you do have to claim, but there, there are some things that, that are paid out automatically. So that kind of helps in that situation as well. Okay. So specialists in, in, in hospital terms tend to have an, a, an idea of steering you in the right direction as well. That's good. Yeah. Emotional support, Phil. It's not something we talk about often in this show, but it is something that you will need to access in, in this instance. So where, where can people go for that kind of thing? Yeah, a few different places here. There's a charity called SANS. They're really good. They offer information and emotional support to anyone affected by, by the death of a baby. Their website is SANS 
sandsandsands.org.uk. So it's sands.org.uk. You've also got the, the Miscarriage Association. Their website is miscarriageassociation.org.uk. So again, you, you can get a, a wealth of emotional support from from them as well and again these sort of websites they're they're often quite good at, at pointing people in the, the right direction for various things but a couple of really good and, and important resources there okay and and finally in, the, in this section phil classify for me please and remind me you said at the beginning of the show but what is tagged as a neonatal death yeah, neonatal death basically where a death takes place up to four weeks after the birth that's what they they kind of class that as uh, and the entitlement for, for mothers in, in this instance? Yeah, for, for mothers here, you might be entitled to a range of various maternity benefits and entitlements. You, again, you've got the, the statutory sick pay benefits and entitlements, which can be up to tw- uh, up to 52 weeks. So a, a year is kind of leave there. You can also claim what's called a, a sure start sure start maternity grant that's if you're someone on a low income or on on certain benefits or tax credits you you can claim that another thing with with this one as well is that you you can also claim child tax credit or or universal credit if you're eligible now this gets paid for up to eight weeks after the baby's death so not only do you get that while the baby's alive but that that is paid for a couple of months afterwards as well and likewise you would also be eligible to get child benefit paid, and that can also pay out for up to eight weeks after the baby's death as well. And one thing that is important there is that that is things that you usually need to to actually apply for. Again, your hospital would usually give you a pack when when a baby's born with with all the details of that. But things like that, it'd be easy not to to claim it because your mind's on other things exactly. at, at that point in time. But that, that's a couple of big different ones that didn't apply to the, the situations previously. And what about fathers and, and female partners in this particular instance then? Yeah, for, for neonatal death, they, they've still got their, their entitlement to, to paternity leave or, or pay. And if they aren't entitled to paternity leave or pay or aren't ready to return to work, <clears throat> again, that's when you want to have a look and see what, what their employer offers for, for kind of sick pay or leave. And so again, that, that's important there because I mean, that would be such a hard situation to be in. And I can imagine if anyone has had this, it, it, I don't know how long it would take to get back to work. I know if, like even just thinking about it, I'm like, man, that would be such a hard thing. And that, that's where, again, it's worth checking the, the terms of your employment to see how your employer would help out in that situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a personal thing, but I can only imagine that it's a case of, you know, if you've got your 52 weeks there, if that is your, you know, your sort of limit that is uh, available through law, it, it may well be that someone would want to go back beforehand because they find that they, if they're sitting around the house or, if they're, you know, if they're not doing as much as they normally would in a working day, that's all that they think about. It, I think it's probably horses for courses, but it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it may vary depending on 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 who you are and, and how you go about sort of dealing with with something like this just something that crossed my mind Phil when you're talking about the child benefit there for the neonatal deaths and it's applicable for I think you said up to eight weeks after the the the, the death of the baby yeah is the eight weeks on the other side is that something you then have to notify authorities about or is that taken care of in itself 
I'll be honest, John, I'm not too sure with, with that. I would think when you register the death, yeah, at that point, they gonna, would notify gonna, yeah. Like I, I would have thought that's how it would work. And But one thing as well that I was going to mention, I go on about statutory sick pay, but it's important to note that it's not a huge amount. I mean, the, at the moment, the statutory sick pay amount, if you're off work, it's £99.35 per week, I think is the, the figure is there. So it's not a, a huge amount that... That's going to get paid out. So again, it is good to see what your employer would would pay in that sort of situation. And again, because we're in this situation, it's it, we're looking at funeral costs as well. Now you mentioned briefly in England they have something called the Children's Funeral Fund. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if, if I go over it again, it's very similar, really, for the what we covered a few moments ago. But hmm. if you live in England, there's that Children's Funeral Fund that can help pay for a funeral what you earn and how much savings you have don't impact on what you get there. So it's not means tested in, in any way. If you're using a funeral director, they can apply for this for you as well. So again, that's another uh, another place where you're not having to do that yourself because again, that would be really hard to, to have to go through sure. emotionally. And the, the website there to, to go on, it was gov.uk slash child-funeral-costs dash was the website there. And again, if you're on a low income and need extra help paying for a funeral, you, you might be able to get in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, it's called funeral expenses payment. And then I mentioned in Scotland, it's different. It's called funeral support payment in Scotland. So again, payments for that, they're often offered by the registrar when the death is registered. So they, they'll be able to help you with, with that sort of thing. And then I mentioned about Wales as well. You've got that £500 contribution towards funeral costs for the registered loss of any child under the, the age of 18 as well. Is there any kind of specific cover that you can take out for this sort of thing, Phil? For instance, you know, if parents have any insurance policies, could that help? I I have a, a, a vague memory of you mentioning something about children's cover in, in a previous show. Yeah, you, you, you don't really get life insurance for children or unborn children, but what, what you do often find is that it's often a bolt on to, to people's existing policies and some life insurance and critical illness plans, they, they can sometimes include what's called children's cover. Now, what, what this often will cover is maybe up to an amount, typically up to about £25,000 cover there. Now, a lot of older policies often included children's cover as standard, but what I'm finding these days, a lot of insurers are trying to make their costs less for people. So some of them are stripping out that sort of benefits. And sometimes now it's a benefit that you've got to actually include in a, a plan. So it's good to check with your financial advisor, maybe just what policies you've got and what cover that you have for, for that. But if, if you didn't have a financial advisor, if you do have policies in place, you can always check with your insurer to see what cover you've got under your existing plans, if if any, and also what's included there as well. And just a, a brief reminder, Phil, if any of the areas we've been discussing today have impacted your life in any way, where are some of the places you can look for support and help? Yeah, so I, I mentioned that SANS earlier. You, you also have one called Bliss, they, they're really good. They offer support and information for parents of, of premature and sick babies. They, they also have a, a wide range of leaflets. They also offer support groups as well, which is a, another important thing. So their website is bliss.org.uk. Another one that, that I've came across in the past, which is, is quite good, is 
tomays.org. It's T-O-M-M-Y-S.org. And again, here you can find details regarding your, your rights and benefits um, after a, a stillbirth. So there, there's quite a number of different websites and, and resources out there. So that just covers a, a few of them in today's show as well. Okay. And if I could just mention something else too, uh, one of the other podcasts that I do is called Two Dud Dads. Now, season one followed a first time pregnancy from conception through to birth. But in episode five, we very deliberately set up a show which looked at miscarriage. It's a, a very raw, emotional conversation. It really deserves to be heard by as wide an audience as possible, especially partners, because we don't tend to talk about these things for a, a variety of reasons. Like, you know, we don't want to show weakness or emotion in front of our mates, or we feel it's all to do with the woman because it's all happened to her after all. And you run around trying to make mum as comfortable as you can, tending to her immediate needs and, and taking care of anything formal that might require attention uh, as you go, forgetting that you're grieving as well. And it's really important that you talk to someone or find some advice online as well. Otherwise, you won't be fit for doing any of that helpful stuff in the longer term. That podcast is called Two Dud Dads, and the episode you're looking for is episode five. Thank you. Right, okay. Here we go, Phil. As we enter into the part of the show where you share your own life story, have you got anything regarding this one on financial help for miscarriage, stillbirth, and neonatal death? Yeah, we're, we're having six kids. I've gone through, well, not personally, the, the pregnancies, but I've been involved in several pregnancies. A couple of them have been quite difficult pregnancies, but I, I kind of start to imagine how sad and hard it would be for anybody that's going through or gone through the things that we've been speaking about yeah. today. And it just, I mean, I have seen it. I've had clients in the past that's gone through miscarriages and, and that. And all, all I can say really is like, seek out the support if if you go through it. it must be incredibly difficult and my thoughts are with anybody that's that's been impacted by by any of the things that we've covered today yeah we had our miscarriage in between josh and gracie so we already had a little boy and we just assumed that the second pregnancy was going to be fine and then we had a miscarriage but we then got gracie after that so mm-hmm. when you put it in context you know although it's, you're still reminded by it We've got two smashing kids in, in the end, and, yeah. and I don't think we are probably quite as badly affected as, as some people, but it yeah. is it is something that you do need to address and, and to, to talk about and, and just hear someone say, yeah, I know how you're feeling. It's something that a lot of people go through. I know my mum had a miscarriage at one point in time. Mm-hmm. My ex-partner, Michelle, I know had had one before I had, had met her. Something that's quite common, but... You hear a lot of people in, in that situation, sadly. Yeah, it's a, in, in, in a lot of ways, it's it's a bit like, you know, mental health issues. You don't actually realise how many people are affected by it until yeah. you say, well, I've had a problem with a mental health issue. And then all of a sudden your friends are coming out at the woodwork. So, yeah, there are people who, who know exactly how you feel. And all you have to do is put your hand up and talk to them. Phil, we always do this bit as well. You find inspiration through various people you admire. You love a quote. I wonder if you've got anything that is fitting for this week's show. Probably an unusual source for the, the quote, quote this week, Ronald Reagan, the old American president. The, the quote from him, when a child loses his parent, they are called an orphan. When a spouse loses her or his partner, they are called a widow or widower. When parents lose their child, there isn't a word to describe them. Wow. Ronnie Reagan. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, 
we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Now let's get on to this week's contact details in just a moment. I'll give that to you after these. Hi, Phil. I'm thinking about becoming a part-time police officer. Do you think I need to take out any kind of extra insurance of any kind? If you do join the police, one good benefit or one good thing that the police officers have access to is you've got what's called the police mutual. So it's a, a kind of mutual society insurer. And it's great. They, they offer things like life insurance, health care. Their policies are tailored to police officers as well. So that, that that's a good resource if you do join the police. I guess it's trying to weigh up. Like, I mean, everyone has to, to look at what their, for example, like protection needs are. And, and it's always good reviewing those from, from time to time. I suppose weighing up the risks of a particular job as well is something to, to weigh up. But it's always good to review things like income protection, life insurance, critical illness cover, what you've got in place at the moment. If you have income protection already, it'd be good to notify them and say, look, I'm, I'm taking up this sort of position. They may think, well, there's more risk involved with that. So some things, if you already have existing life insurance or critical illness cover, that would remain in place. That wouldn't be impacted by it. I guess some people would see working in the police as a bit of a higher risk occupation. So again, it, it's maybe, if you were thinking about that, it's probably a good time to sit down with your financial advisor and just review things and say to them, look, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And they, they'll keep you right with, with all of that as well. Sure. And I, I would imagine any of your new colleagues would, would probably be um, quite a good task as well, in case they've they've gone yeah, you know, that, that, that road too. This next one is from Keith and Hull, who says, Hi, Phil. I know you like your holidays, so I'm wondering if you've taken out any kind of special insurance more recently with all the problems being experienced by airlines right now with cancellations and late flights, missing luggage, all of that. So any special insurance that you've taken out or that you recommend looking at, Phil? I, I've got really good and comprehensive travel insurance. And when, when I took it out, I, mean, I, I went on one of the comparison websites, put in the details, and it always comes up with a list of the, the cheapest first, usually. And for, for me, though, what I did, I, I really wanted to drill down into it and look. I, I go on usually a few holidays a year, I've had issues in the past. I've, I've made claims on travel insurance policies. So I know how important it is to have really good cover. And for me, the, another factor I, I looked, I, I wanted a policy that also had included cover for COVID so that if, if I caught COVID when I was away or caught COVID before I went away and the holiday was cancelled, mm. that I would be able to get my money back. So that, that was important. That cost a wee bit more on my policy as well, but it really is good to look at all the, the benefits of what's covered. I, I honestly can't remember who my cover is with, but I know I paid an awful lot more than the, the cheapest cover was coming in. Oh, I get really low amounts and, and the, often you get what you pay for. But for me, in that situation, I thought, look, I need to have really comprehensive policy in place. So I, I was happy to pay a bit more just for, for my circumstances and, under that. Yeah, I suppose as well. I mean, you might be prepared to and also be in a position to to pay a little bit more if you're going on a, you know, a really expensive once in a lifetime kind of trip. Yeah. Whereas if it's, you know, a week in Blackpool or whatever, then you, you might, not that there's anything wrong with Blackpool, but you oh, get yeah. what I'm saying. If you're, stay, if you're staying at home and you're doing a staycation, then you might be able to, you might be prepared to, to risk it a little bit more and and not pay as much on, on the insurance yeah. in that instance. I, I like going over to the States as well. So I'll make sure yeah. I include worldwide cover when, when I'm doing that. Whereas, and also, 
like I suppose it depends what you're going on holiday for. I mean, I some some people will go on things like skiing holidays, so they'll include cover for for equipment and all that sort of thing. So it's just looking at your own individual circumstances and, and tailoring things to your needs. Sure, but, but worth drilling down is what you're saying, yeah. um, as opposed to just going for the cheapest one off the top of the pile. Definitely. Okay, we'd just say too, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far and we may well have touched on whatever it is that you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's personal finance community on facebook phil's on twitter and linkedin as well or why not email phil a question he can answer on a future show his address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk that's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk send him your question and like i say phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast and please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.